bad, not bad, you know. And Hangout is on live, uh, and I'm here with um, Anthony, without an H, and Tam. Um, and if you could give just a, just a, a quick introduction. Hang on, I can hear myself. Hear myself in the bloody earphones. All right, I had to pause that video. I, uh, if you could give yourself a quick introduction, then we'll get, you know, we'll just uh, have a chat and okay. bring it as I say. Uh, as I say, Andy Samaroff, Tom Laird, we are the co-hosts of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Uh, Andy and I met through the Scottish Libertarians, so we're both Libertarians, uh, and probably Anthony can explain what that is if anybody doesn't really know. Um, well, so, we're degenerate capitalists, why capitalist we want to drink cats, the yeah. blood of uh, starving of working children, uh, working-class babies. We want to um, suck the surplus value out of their brains until they drop dead on the floor. And, and um, I know that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we like money, greed. We're greedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Greed is good. And, I, struggle, um, I, I struggle with libertarian, though, because it's right. one of those it's one of those identities where, like, like that guy T calls himself a libertarian. Right. I think Sargon does as well. And it seems yeah, to me, not that, libertarian, that, bro. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it seems to me that none of them can come to an agreement on what it actually means. You know, right. so all these people call themselves libertarian, and and they all believe in different things. And see, that's why I don't take labels because I I, I can't right. be bothered with that. You know. Right. Well, there's a few different aspects to libertarians, uh, libertarianism. One is the cultural aspect, which is your sort of and um, free speech, um, like just anti-social justice warrior, uh, anti at least the modern form of feminism, if not the whole thing, um, mm-hmm. and so forth. The cultural uh, right to uh, say your mind. There's the foreign policy, which is I think it's fair to say of leftish or what, what what's considered at least in scotland left which is non-interventionist foreign policy but where we kind of differ radically from the left is we like capitalism we're for free markets we don't believe in socialism we don't believe in central planning or communism we like mm-hmm. uh, we, we believe that uh, individuals should own the uh, should have the right to dispose of their labor as they will and individuals acting as individuals can exchange and come create organizations and so forth yeah. uh, but on the on a voluntary basis and the only economic system which allows for that is the free market that doesn't mean we we agree with the current system of capitalism because the current system of capitalism is a lot of the time government in bed with big business handing out contracts to big business contracting with them uh, giving them preferential treatment, giving corporate them funds, <clears throat> corporate welfare, uh, passing regulations deliberately to cut out, to make it difficult for small businesses to compete mm-hmm. with big businesses. So we're for capitalism, but we're for a level playing field capitalism where all interactions are voluntary. And I think that's the fundamentals I of think, libertarianism. I think there's a basic principle that most libertarians would adhere to, and that's the non-aggression principle, why you never use aggression and violence for anything else other than self-defense and certainly never for the political means. So I think when Sargon of Akkad calls himself a libertarian, I know he's for the welfare state and you can't really have that without violence because if you, if you, if you, you know, the, the only way you can relieve somebody of their money if they don't want to give you it is to use force. 
Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's the, that's the only so two 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 questions then um yeah. that I, I take it there's no such thing as hate speech in a libertarian society right so no. there's that no. so but the, the big the big one for me would be would the nhs exist in a libertarian society we've got um episodes <laughs> on our channel called what's wrong with the nhs the short answer is no it but, wouldn't exist right uh, um, no, well, actually, well, it, might. it might if people are willing to fund it voluntarily. You see, and that you can also socially ostracize people for not paying into it. You, you, you know, you can take a register if, if people don't pay into it. You can agree not to uh, trade with them, or maybe some people will charge them more money for things and things like that. But that's all based on voluntary social pressure rather mm-hmm. than forcing people at the point of a gun to fund it. I think it's really, I mean. The NHS is headed to a five million waiting list in by tw- in twenty nineteen. So it's not exactly this virtuous thing that everyone makes it out to be. Like twenty five percent of well, I can't remember the exact figures, but people go in with ailments where they'd be treated like that in other countries, and they have to wait so long that the the ailments are fatal by the time they get treated. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, we don't have universal health care um, in the the UK. First of all, it's not universal. There's rationing. Old people don't get certain services, period. Uh, they choose who gets the um, transplant. Second of all, it's not um, free because it's actually um, extraordinarily expensive to fund it through taxation because you don't have any bargaining power as a taxpayer, whereas as an individual, you can always shop around for the best deal. And third of all, it's not a uh, healthcare. The only thing that is remunerated under the current system is sickness. When you're sick, a doctor sees you and you get a pharmacist will prescribe you medication and and so forth. It's sick care. The only thing that's remunerated is sick care. So when you've got a system that incentivizes people are getting rich off the back of people being sick, there will always be the kind of decline in health that we've, that we've been seeing over the last decades. I mean, it's a question I've been asked before, like that, and people usually say to me, would you get rid of the NHS? My answer would be, I, I don't think I have to. All I would do is allow uh, private medicine to compete with the NHS right, on a level right. playing field. So if the NHS is as good as everybody says it is, then it'll be in no danger because it'll obviously outstrip and outcompete the private sector at every turn. And if it's not any good, then the, outs- the private sector will outstrip and outcompete it. Yeah, so yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't need to get rid of it. I only need to, to what's the, what's the word? De, you know, monopolize it. Yeah, demonopolize it. You know, because there's stringent regulations. Democratize medicine. <laughs> it's like if people can go outside of the NHS system, they might have to pay more. On a free market, the healthcare services will come down and down in price the same way as a laptop comes yeah. down in price or a, your your smartphone. Does. I think it's worth mentioning as well that hospitals-wise, I mean. Most good hospitals, seven major hospitals in London, the teaching hospitals are good ones, all pre-exist the NHS. I think Glasgow mm-hmm. Royal Infirmary uh, pre-exists the, the, the NHS. I think possibly the Victoria Royal uh, pre, uh, you know, pre-existed the NHS. So it's the, the idea that you need a national health system in order to have good health care, I think, is a falsehood. You know? Yeah, there's but, no way to give a short answer to a question like that. <laughs> Well, I did. I did a um, a hangout. This was like probably about two years ago or something like that with uh, Josh O'Brien and that guy T. Right, both 
libertarians, right? Okay. And and I was the only one who like I, I don't take any labels, right? So I don't have a political label, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I was always, I was asking all these questions, and of course, you know, I'm going to mention it. The roads came up, right? We know that the roads always come up. You knew it was coming, right? My roads. But, but I, I brought that up because I think even though people say, "Oh, we always bring up the roads," it is a valid thing to bring up, right? And and uh, Josh and T basically said that people who use the roads will fund the roads, right? And I would, my argument was, but what about in uh, uh, poor areas where the the people just don't care? Uh, why should they, how come their roads are going to, aren't their roads going to suffer more? Because I think libertarianism, and maybe you can correct me on this, right? right. But it seems to uh, depend on people being good and decent. And, and and we all know that not everybody's good and decent, you know? A lot of people just don't give a shit. Right. Okay, so I would say the opposite is true. Libertarianism has a realistic view of human nature, which is that humans respond to incentives. And the current system is the worst system to have if you think that some people are shit because the worst, the most intelligent bad people are going to get into positions of power in government and use not only have the, their own wits but the whole machinations of the state and the ability to make laws for everyone else. The more ruthless they are, the more likely they are to get into those positions. Um, ask, okay, so do, would you like to... I don't know, I mean, I kind of would, would agree with that. All the roads, okay, is it a valid, it's, it's, it's for libertarians, and it's just like, oh, here we go, my roads. <laughs> uh, um, well, you know, maybe if, maybe if we were living in a free market system up to now, maybe we wouldn't even need roads anymore. Yeah. Maybe we'd have the fucking jetpacks that we were promised when yeah. we were kids. Right. Do you know what I mean? Maybe so, we'd all be teleporting about the place and wouldn't need roads. So, yeah, you don't know what the actual economy would look like if the government had, hadn't built the roads. Because the government's built the roads, you look mm -hmm. around and say, how would this society function without roads? There might be a lot more undergrounds and monorails and trains. There might be a lot more buses and mass transit. There might be all sorts of other types of um, transport. This has created what's called urban sprawl. Because, because you know, if the if the major road it gets put up like that, if they need a railway, okay, well that's 10, 20 years for the government to deliberate over whether they're going to build the damn thing or not. Um, the the people, a lot more people might work from home. A lot might more people would live would work close to their home. But the thing is, okay, your poor area, right? If you've got a I don't know a Asda or whatever, yeah. they're not going to build a supermarket without making sure people have access to their supermarket. So the answer to the question, who would build the roads, there isn't one answer, there's all mm -hmm. sorts of answers. Sometimes there might be, it might be owned by private individuals and there'll be tolls or electronic tagging. Sometimes it might be owned in the community. Sometimes the um, shopping centers and things like that will build them or, right. I mean, one from ancient Rome, this is a really existing uh, example. All across, the t they had to build a road all across the top of Africa when they colonized it. So what there was no way that you could maintain that, uh, that length of road from Rome at that period in history. So what they did was they built olive groves on either side of the roads and they rented out the olive groves to, um, to people. And the people who wanted to sell olives maintained the roads themselves. Mm -hmm. So in the absence of government coercion, there isn't one answer to a question like that. 
the, 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 who, want, who builds the roads, whoever stands to benefit from the roads existing will find a way to fund mm. them. I mean, I recommend a book uh, for anybody who's interested in roads, a book called Callum's Road. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's about, an old, it's about an old man in Rassi who built a road on his own. Took him years to do it because he was just so sick and tired of the local council and local government not coming up with the goods on this road that he decided to build it predominantly himself. Eventually, the government chipped in and built a stretch of it. But he'd done miles of this himself with a pick, a shovel and a wheelbarrow. So uh, that's, a, that's a good book to read if you want to know who's going to build so the roads. But in, in an irony, by the way, the last person to ask me who would build the roads was a green. And I thought, are you serious? You're a green and you want to build mere roads? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, cheers. So we're going to have a beer, is that okay? That's fine with me. Yeah. No advertising. It's a, it's a school night, so I'll not I'll no be having a drink right now. I'll wait till the weekend, maybe. But um, is it so? So see this the idea right of a libertarian society right, and just like just like all political ideas, they sound good on paper right. Yeah. But do, do you do you think that it's ever going to be possible, or has it has it been ruined because of the society we live in now? Um, he's more optimistic than I am. I think I'm. I'm I do what I do. I, I, in addition to doing the podcast, I'm leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party. I do what I do because I believe it's right in principle, not because I believe I'm going mm -hmm. to win the fight. So I think it's an uphill struggle at best. I think people have had 50 years of socialism that has, it's like domesticating an animal. You know, right. it just does not know how to look after itself anymore. And it terrifies people. The idea of having to not have big daddy state yeah. to look after them. To just as people money. shitting themselves. So it's 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 a it's a difficult road. Right. It's not an easy sell, especially in Scotland. No. So I'm not optimistic, but I do it anyway because I think oh, it's right. You say you say you say especially in Scotland, so yeah. is it is it more or less likely with an independent Scotland or or not? What do you think? That's, there? A, that's a good question because it divides libertarians. A lot of people are not join the Scottish Libertarian Party because we are pro independence. Um, right. I know at the last, uh, when it, it came to the crunch, when it came to the, the Scottish yes, no vote, I voted for independence in principle because it's a fundamental, basic individual right to self-determination. If Glasgow wanted to be independent, I'd be for it. If your road wanted to be, if you want to be independent, I'm all for it. So right down to the individual, I'm all for independence. However, it was a struggle for me to put yes in principle on that vote because it, you know, the question was, do you want Scotland to be an independent country? Yes, I do, but I know that that's not what the SNP are going to deliver. Right? I right. know that, right? And I know it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. If Scotland goes independent, we're probably going to get, you know, more years of socialism shoved up our ass. And this time, we're not going to have Westminster there to interfere. So I think it could be bad, but I think it's in the long run it might be worth it because we're going to have to go through it to grow up. I think after people have proper, you know, that's no real socialism. I think after we have some real socialism, I think people might get, you know, it's like, oh, you want ice cream? There you go, eat it, eat it, eat it until you're sick. Oh, I feel so sick. Yeah, I think, I, that's, I, I think that's how it's going to go, but. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a long-term optimist, or a short-term pessimist, or I think that in the long run, good ideas tend to win out. Um, you know, you don't see many people running around in a horse-drawn carriage or whatever like 
Um, but the thing is, yeah, the, the problem is people, because this society is called a capitalist society, anything that goes wrong is automatically blamed on capitalism. People don't actually take the time to tease out the cause and effect. So, for example, you, you're, um, you're example in healthcare people go well look at america they've got a capitalist healthcare system and it's so expensive but they don't look at the fact that you're not allowed to buy insurance across state lines you're uh, to in order to build a hospital you need to go in front of a committee and people on the committee will be the ones from the existing hospital who don't want the competition there's so much government involvement that makes it more expensive so it's like that for everything and the way that i tie it in is one prospect for liberty is that it might just get too expensive to run the hospitals and the schools and all the public services the way that they're doing it right now. And at some point, um, they might have to accept some deregulation just to bring the cost of living down. Uh, that could happen or it could go the complete other way. Like, I mean, um, yeah, if you see, Anything that's run by the state is frozen in time. I mean, look, a school classroom now isn't much different from a school classroom 100 years ago, but every other aspect of society is unfathomable because as soon as the government takes control of something, you have a group at the centre trying to make decisions for all for everything. There's no innovation there. It's the free market. It's people. It's lots of different bodies trying lots of different things at the same time. Uh, testing them against each other that acts as a sieve for the best ideas and i think if things get rough you can't uh, in terms of people living standards people can't afford to live they start ignoring labor laws they start ignoring minimum wage because they need to to make a living and if that goes for a more uh, prosperous society or that gets things running again you yeah. might see a more appetite for our ideas. So short term, probably not good for liberty, but hopefully in the long term. I think maybe. so. Could, you know, we could go the other way. Um, you know, the government could go bankrupt. Everyone who's on welfare could go riot through the streets and then we could end up in a police state. That could actually happen. You know, uh, hopefully not. What do you mean end up in a police state? You, 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 you don't know what's happening on Monday. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, Sean, Sean Murray has said, um, no, no, uh, sorry, he did say it earlier, wait a minute, sorry, I just must have to scroll back up there. I, uh, this is the real life Burton Ernie, so that's what he's calling you guys. Um, Ragnok, Ragnok has donated two US dollars. Thank you, Ragnok. He says, I hate to say it, but what's up with Scottish Weird Al? I think that's you, Anthony. He's calling oh, you Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Do you know what I mean? Weird Al Yankovic is a very um, humorous songwriter, and uh, I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? So, Weird Al Yankovic. I've not been called Ming the Merciless yet, but I'm sure that's coming. You yeah. definitely mean. That's for sure. I do mean. You do mean. So. So if um, libertarian is uh, the ideology, then right? What is the what is the opposite of libertarianism? What what would be the the name for the opposite ideology? It's got to be Marxist. Well, I'd just say totalitarianism. Yeah, authoritarianism. Uh, authoritarian, an authoritarian. Right. So if you can imagine um, the political spectrum as a cube, on one axis you've got. Um, economics which is either central planning or free market and everywhere is somewhere on the axis and another one you've got um foreign policy which is um, interventionist or non-interventionist are we meant to police the world or are we meant to keep to ourselves and the third 
uh, access would be um, civil liberties. Are you free to say what you want? Um, are the police allowed to stop and search yeah. you? Can you? Can the government keep your files? Are you allowed to? Uh, how free are you to check up on the government? So free to consume what you want in terms of yeah substances, drugs, yeah, 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 and all sorts of things. So uh, a totalitarian regime would have a, a interventionist policy, um, central planned economy, and um, very cracked down on civil liberties and. Uh, libertarian would be the opposite of all, mm -hmm. and all three. So it's kind of like um, it appears to be a mix between what is considered left and right and the fact that it's left wing on civil liberties and foreign policy, although have the left really been um, consistently uh, anti-war, have they been consistently in favour of civil liberties, highly dubious. And what is considered to be right wing on economics, which is more capitalist, more free market, but have the right ever really been for free markets or have they always advocated for crony capitalism and um, uh, tariffs on imports, subsidies to keep national industries alive and, and, and handouts for cronies? So if you, we could take the political spectrum apart, basically. Yeah. Um, we're, so we're, a third, we're a third thing. Libertarianism has its own ideological lineage it has similar ancestors to both um and uh, socialist socialism and conservatism and um, things go back to adam smith john locke similar philosophers they all start in the same places but our lineage kind of got snuffed out a bit in the 20th century there was something called a classic liberal which is the uh, progenitor of a libertarian but they kind of got squeezed out of the political spectrum in the 20th century when the Marxists were fighting against the uh, Nazis, well, the fascists. And it was thought that liberalism was old-fashioned. It was thought that liberalism was old-fashioned and you either had to be a, a communist or a fascist to be forward-looking. So, so you take over tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, Scotland becomes a libertarian country. Right. Right. Um. Am I allowed to own a gun? Uh. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What, what would be What would be the reason? What 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 would be the justification for me being allowed to own you a gun? A would basic... it be... Okay. Sorry. Carry on. I was, I was just going to say, would it be the same in America? Tyrannical government, or would it be self defence? Self defence. I mean, I think you have a basic. It's both. both. I think you have a mm -hmm. basic, a very basic individual right to defend yourself. Yeah by any means uh, within uh, within the law, you know, any, any means, we're supposed to, not, I was talking about earlier today, the law, uh, oh. Well, you think about that. Well, I think about that, you can't um, Yeah, basically, self-defense is the most basic uh, right found in nature. Even animals have the right to self-defense, you know, they, they, they will, everything that's alive seeks to preserve its life. So self-defense is the most basic right and uh, the, the defense of your own life the, the most precious thing you have so um it falls from that that you've got the right to own a gun because someone could be bigger than you especially if you're you know if you're a woman and um, that's a great or a weedy guy like me that's a great equalizer i can take you in a fight alex mm -hmm. so um you know it's like i don't know you look taller than me <laughs> that's, that's definitely quite an that's definitely an illusion and <laughs> um, so it's basically the right to self-defense, but I mean, just logically, um, 
it, you ban guns, it's not going to stop bad guys from getting guns. So you might as well not leave the good guys defenseless. Yeah. If you want to help, instead of trying to ban the guns, you you help people get appropriate training so that they know how to handle a firearm safely. Mm-hmm. I think that gun control is basically gun monopoly. There's only two groups of people will have guns: criminals and, and the, the government. government. And the right. good guy in the middle hasn't the ability to defend himself from either or both at the same time, you know. So, uh, and you know, how would I prevent you yeah. getting a gun anyway? There's a guy, you know this, a guy in Monklands about a month ago was caught with two Scorpion submachine guns. That's got one of the highest rates of fire of any, any <laughs> submachine guns around and 1,500 rounds of ammunition. And that was only some of the arsenal that he'd managed to, to get. And that's in a country with, with gun control. So a guy shot in Glasgow today or yesterday. If someone's psycho enough yeah. to want to do some damage, if they're not going to do it with a gun, they're going to do it with a knife, they're going to drive a vehicle into a um, wall. Um, the, fundamentally, we take, as I said, a realistic view of human uh, nature and reality, yeah. which is you cannot fucking protect against everything sometimes shit is going to happen a plane could fall in your house right the only thing that you can do is take all reasonable precautions you can take out house insurance you can take out life insurance Mm -hmm. you can't stop some cycle running into a place and trying to shoot people but you can make sure that there's some good people who are armed there so that in case it happens there's someone there to respond and that for me, the gun control debate is just between reason and evidence and like utopians who want to live in unicorn fairy tale land where the government can wave a magic wand and make bad people go away. It's not going to happen. They, they're, they, as you know, they tried to ban knives here. Look what happens. I had a friend interceded, intercepted, they searched her bag. She had a knife for camping. She was done by it. Is that what that was? done for having it is mm-hmm. that what this was for right i mean you've done a lot of stuff on gun control anyway so you, i mean you, you, you know these arguments yeah. you know a lot of your a lot of your audience will be familiar with these arguments so the mm-hmm. short answer yeah you've got the right to defend yourself and that includes having a, a weapon a, a gun if necessary so if you want so what 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 would come uh, again i'm going back to the hangout i did about libertarianism a few years back okay. and the, the the issue came up about the police right and yeah. I think it was that guy T that was saying there wouldn't be a police force the way we have it now. It would be like uh, you would hire your own kind of security for your own community or, and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you think. But what, what, who who pays who pays for the police and who sets the rules for the okay. police? The, the, you probably do the answer better, but I'll have a start. There's, there's yeah. two first first break down of libertarianism. Yeah, there's two positions. Anarcho-capitalist. Okay, he believes in no government. Mm-hmm. I kind of hold tentatively to the position that you have a night watchman government. I.e., the only thing the government's responsible for is the police, the military, and uh, the legislature. Courts. Uh, courts. You know, that, that's it. That's that's the remit of government. It doesn't go beyond that. So, in a minarchist system, you would still have a police force, a military, and a and a court system that was still run by the government. However. I'm becoming more and more inclined towards the anarcho-capitalist argument because when you when you say, well, the, the government should only be in charge of that, he goes, no, that's the last thing that government should be in charge of is the police and the army, right? Because they'll use it against you. So um, who who would who would pay for the police in the anarcho-capitalist society then? Um, there's lots of different theories about that, and this is the, the thing. 
um, there's probably not one answer to it. So the question is, first of all, what is against the law and who's the fight? <laughs> this is so. This is such a big topic. Um, the honest truth is, I don't know. I've not actually um, stuck to one one theory on this. There's some. If people want to know more, there's some Tom Woods shows episodes on this. But I th I would say again, the main problem with government is government can only react after the fact. So you get robbed you go to a police officer, you get stabbed, it's a bit too late to call the cops, right? They don't even restore you to your, um, you know, not only have you been stabbed, but then you need to pay tax money to lock up the person that stabbed you in a, a prison for, I think it's like 40k a year here. I mean, you might, you know, someone steals a car, you put them away for a couple of years, you might as well just buy them a fucking car, right? That's how inefficient our current... Um, law system is so it's not like our current system is so glorious and um, in a stateless society or a more libertarian society the emphasis would be on prevention rather than cure so you'd want to look at the, um, what social conditions contribute to crime and try and intervene early on so like let little things like people who are um uh the victims of corporal punishment to a larger degree tend to be more violent later in life and so forth so you, you could look at you could look at putting money in those ways um people might have insurance uh, and another thing is in the justice system it would be a restorative justice system where if you um, aggress against someone the first thing uh, that's asked is can you pay to restore them to their original condition so that the victim because our current system does nothing for victims of crime right and if not then maybe you're put in jail maybe you have to work in jail maybe you can choose between what jail you go to so that there won't be abusive prison wardens and the, pr the prisons will be efficient because there'll be competition between them you can choose which one to go to as long as they'll take you between the ones that'll take you and work off your debt to the person that you've harmed or um, if you're not willing to then i guess they'll just put you in a room and give you some gruel every day until you are willing to um, but then, there's some crimes. There's some crimes that can't be like paid off. Oh, though somebody kills somebody, yeah, sure. you can't really. There's nothing you're you right. can do to there, repay them. You know, there, there, there's nothing you can do to repay them. But our society does currently put a value on things like that. There's not. If I cut off your leg, there's nothing. If your leg gets removed at work, there's nothing you can do to make your leg grow back. But insurance companies still do put a cash value on that. So mm -hmm. there are. Whether you're you're right, you can't. Um, so uh, so if it was a condition where you could take someone's take a murderer's life and give their life to the victim, then we would be as libertarians, we click our fingers and and say, well, you die and that person comes to life. But since we can't do that, there's a broad um, range of views on what should be done. Yeah. Some people believe in capital punishment. I personally don't believe in capital punishment. However. I'm, I'm willing to accept in a completely stateless society you're going to be you're probably going to have a job you're, you're going to be a member of a housing association you might have a mortgage or pay rent right whenever you have to collectively buy things with other people you could sign a contract and you know your job will fire you if you commit a crime or your your landlord will kick you out so you've pre-agreed to those conditions and if someone wants to sign a contract you know you live in our area if you commit murder we will give you capital punishment then you can sign that 
in order to live in that area, you have to sign that contract. Track. You can, if you by choosing to sign that contract, then yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. To contract it to have your life taken. Um, there's lots of different ways yeah. that these things could be solved. There's no one answer. There's tons of theories out there, and the reality would be the best. The best um, theories would win out over time. They try everything out in different areas, and the things that work would be optimized. Because that's how your laptop gets better every year. That's how your phone gets better every year trial and error people try different stuff and best practices emerge yeah. i think if anybody doubts the efficacy of a i mean i'm not necessarily advocating a privatized uh, police uh, force but if anybody doubts the efficacy of it all they have to do is have a look at uh, you're aware of alan pinkerton the guy that started the pinkerton detective agency in america he's for glasgow uh, right went this is way back he basically is the pre uh, precursor to the Secret Service and the FBI. This is a guy who started a private detective agency uh, in, a, in America and became far better at detecting crime and catching criminals than the, than the, than the government agencies were. Um, in fact, I think Abraham Lincoln took on Alan Pinkerton as his bodyguard. But however, Pinkerton wasn't working with Lincoln when he got killed and mm -hmm. Pinkerton maintained to the day he died. And he, this guy knew nothing about policing. He's, he's, although other than his father was a policeman and he witnessed his father being killed by, by strikers, I think it was. Um, but he, he maintained until the day he died, if he'd have been on his watch, Lincoln would never have been shot. Mm -hmm. But uh, he, he was far better than any uh, sort of government agency. If you look at something like crime labs, if you ask somebody what's the biggest crime lab in America, who's got the best crime lab, everybody would assume it would be the NSA or the FBI. Target, the chain store, has the best crime lab, even FBI and all the rest of the agencies send their stuff to Target because they, you go, what the what's Target got a crime lab for? Because of such a huge organization, the amount of crime that takes place in Target stores, everything for shoplifting, to assault and battery, to robbery, to actual murder takes place on target premises. So they have their own crime lab and it's far more efficient than anything that the state had. So, that, another, so that's worth looking at. I'd love to give another real life example. I can't remember the name of the organization, unfortunately, you can, but you can look them up. They're a private security firm working in Detroit. They serve a lot of poor people for free because say shop owners in the areas and things like that pay them. Unlike the police, they'll go round the street and patrol twice a day, check all the houses. If they see someone looking like they might be trouble, drunk or inebriated on, on um, uh, substances, the first thing they do is they, they're all trained in conflict management and uh, communication skills and things like that. First thing they'll say, they'll just politely go over and ask to escort that person out of the area usually they're drunk or are in drugs or something like that and they're happy for the attention. That prevents the problem. Now they had some great innovations. There was a building where there was drug dealers operating out of um, one of the apartments. It's an apartment block. And the, the people hated it. There, there were several drug, drug dealers. The police would not go in because they said it was too dangerous. This private security company put a notice in the lobby, um, notice board saying, two um, uniformed police officers do not uh, enter this building as we have private detectives um, posing as drug dealers, right? The drug dealers started getting suspicious of each other, got spooked and all <laughs> left, right? 
So that was innovation, that's prevention rather than a cure. Another incident, there was this um, street corner where there's always these guys um, dealing drugs for years, dealing drugs, right? Looking really shady, intimidating people. So one day, the um, a van comes outside uh, and stops next to them. They ask these people to leave. Um, they don't. Uh, two get aggressive with them. He cracks one across the leg, uh, takes, two, takes two of them into the back of the van, drives off, right? The next few days, there's no, there's, there's no drug dealers on the corner anymore. The police um, approach the private security firm and say, what the hell? You can't just go around disappearing drug dealers. Like, what the hell? What the hell are you doing? And they're like, oh, we didn't. No, we sent um, two of our officers in training to pose as drug dealers, did a few drug deals, and then we staged them getting aggressive with us and uh, staged taking them in the van and taking them away. And then they shaved their hair the next day and uh, were, were in uniform. So we just we just staged the thing to spook the other drug dealers. So those kinds of innovations can happen. Who knows what else can happen? But see when it's the, again, it all comes down to monopoly and the government is a monopoly. And when you've got a monopoly, there's no innovation. There's just, um, one person's idea being um, declared to the entire society. So you mentioned earlier about um, uh, laptops and phones getting better every yeah, year, yeah. right? Yeah. But that that's that's the current state right now. Yeah. They're getting better every year right now in the current system. So is that mm-hmm. does that mean that the current system is working? Well, the, the parts of the system that yeah. that work best are the ones that are in the free market, or that are in the freest part of the market. So, in other words, if if they if they had have put the legislative controls on the developments of mobile phones and laptops in the beginning, uh, that government usually does, we probably wouldn't have seen the innovation and the and the, the absolute and at least not the speed. Yeah, and it's probably would be even faster, like. Um, than it is now, if not for patents and things like that. Like Apple did not used to patent everything, but then people patent trolled them and then they retaliated by patenting everything. So that slows down the gears of innovation as well. Um, we don't really know what advances we'd see in technology if people were allowed to just freely innovate. Um, yeah. But, but uh, again, like electronics are relatively free market compared to many other industries. I mean, some in some places people need a license to braid hair, you know, and things like that. And this is bad for the poor as well, you know. And when there's all these occupational licensing, you can't do this without a license. You can't do that without a license. And it's not giving people yeah. um, a leg up. You know, I mean, if I can drive a car and he wants me to take him to the airport and he wants to pay me to take him to the airport. I don't see why I need a license, a special license other than a driving license to do that. It's a contract between two people. People go, oh, what about crime and what about, well, most of the the, the crimes that are committed against individuals by taxi drivers are committed by licensed taxi drivers. And people go abroad all the time and they get out of the airport and they jump in a taxi and they don't even think about it. They don't think, is that guy a proper taxi driver? Does he, you know, they they just do it. The very thing you're taught not to do as a child, get in a car with a stranger, you do it all the time, and not only do you do it, you pay for the privilege, you know. So, uh, I think it's yeah, if, just you let pay people, your money or take some yeah. choice. Like, the thing is, uh, there can be third party bodies that offer 
like um, people aren't stupid do you know what i mean it's not like if you have got no well some people are yeah. but it's not like if you've got no um regulation on who can do a profession that people were just going to turn up and do anyone they'll still come up and say what are your credentials where have you trained etc 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 a lot more people would do training on the job which is what used to happen like one of the things that i'm really concerned about is school i mean the fact that people can come out of 11 to 13 years of mandatory education so fucking incompetent they can't get a minimum wage job means the government's just wasted 11 to 13 years of their life right why because people who are incompetent are going to be like why doesn't the government do this why doesn't the government do that if people are competent they can go out they can represent themselves they've got skills they can get a high wage they're the master of their own destiny i feel like most of school is just a waste of of people's potential really. I mean, you've, you've got a kid in school yeah yeah, sorry, sorry, don't mean to spook you out or anything like that. I'm sure no, you know. I mean, well, I've, I've, I've covered this before about um, uh, the, the, when the teachers were talking to me, this was a few years back, and right. she, she, she was saying to me, you know, oh, uh, you'd be upset if your son came home and he, he wasn't able to do his maths properly. You know, you'd, you'd be annoyed at us then. And I said, well, no, I wouldn't be annoyed at you then. I'd be annoyed at myself because I, I don't actually expect the school to give them the hundred percent education, a lot of that comes from home. You know, yeah, sure. I need to, sure. I need to make sure he, he wants to learn. But at the same time, school's good for interacting with other kids. I see it more like that. You know, being right. part of a, nor a normal life sure. rather than yeah. I don't, I, I don't send them to school and expect them to learn everything in school. I think a lot yeah. of parents do that, though. I do think a lot yeah, of parents sure. do that. You know, yeah. and then the kid turns sixteen, and the parents are like, "How come you don't know everything?" It's like because yeah. he didn't. You know, you yeah. can't, you don't, you don't learn everything in school. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm throwing all these things at you, right? Um, which are a bit, which are a bit out there, right? But it's because I don't know. I just, I'm just curious, right? So, when you well, when you you're talking earlier about very, basically very small government, government yeah. don't really take charge of much, right? So, so imagine a scenario, right? We live in a libertarian country, yeah. right? And disaster strikes, we get hit with an earthquake, right? Mm -hmm. fucking disaster zone right and all the other countries they want to send food water money to help us yeah. out who is in charge of distributing that but you know like any other country it would be the government would come in and go right okay no, no i think there's, there's a re you know, massively efficient uh oh, if, you look at, if you look at the red cross for example there's mm -hmm. a there's an individual organization that, that, that deals with a lot of natural disasters they are widely regarded as being one of the least efficient charities. Yeah, right? They they only get something like forty percent of what they, they get in uh, mm -hmm. to the end user. However, that is still vastly more efficient than yeah. anything the state can yeah. do. You know, the state maybe gets about seven percent if you're lucky <laughs> to the end user. So there are loads of very competent uh, non-governmental organisations mm -hmm. uh, that can deal with these things. In fact, pretty most of the time it's usually them that's on the scene first rather than government you know so i'm absolutely i don't have any uh doubts that if there was any kind of disaster like that that people yeah. themselves could handle it um and you know we, we have charities we have charitable organizations we have uh, non-governmental organizations that are, that are set up to, to, to deal with this kind of thing you know i mean even pre-nhs we had things here in the uk called the friendly societies 
they were usually run by religious organizations like Quakers and Methodists or even Roman Catholic Church had its own, you know, thing, but must not be done that road. But um, yeah, they had uh, highly efficient uh, healthcare, you know, available cheaply to, to poor people, in some cases even free, because most doctors work maybe one, two days a week free of charge for, uh, for, for, to, do, for, for to do stuff for poor people. Um, it, it just became a monopoly, uh, and the, the NHS, in a way, destroyed the friendly societies. People resisted it. People wanted to still use the doctors that they were using for the friendly societies, even after the NHS came in, but it just became impossible to do so. Um, so, in a way, that the NHS destroyed a lot of these uh, small, uh, very efficient little healthcare services that were, that were available throughout the UK. So, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that there would be uh, non-governmental organisations yeah. who could there, deal with these things. There's a difference between the incentives that government faces when we do charitable work yeah. compared to actual charities, right? A charity has limited resources and has to compete for donations, for donations right? So in a free society, charities would be called upon to demonstrate that they were effective a government, say we create a government organization to deal with, I don't know, heroin use, right? What happens if they if they eliminate heroin use? Everyone in there is out of a job. If they spend their money quickly, they can always say, oh, we just don't have enough funding. We just don't have enough funds. And the government gives them more money next year. Um, the, the, you're paying Milton Friedman, the famous uh, economist, uh, had a really astute point, which is there's four ways of spending money. I can spend my money on me, and then I'm, in, I'm inclined to spend it on the best quality product for the best price. I can spend my money on you, in which case I don't want to spend too much. No, I, uh, but uh, so I'm not too worried about the quality. I can spend your money on me, which in which case I'm not that bothered about how much I spend, but I'm really interested in the mm -hmm. quality. But I can spend your money on you, in which case I've not got a vested interest in being frugal or in the quality of the product. And the government is always fated to being in category D, spending other people's money on other people. So we could get a lot more done with the money that we're taxed to supposedly help the poor. The other thing is because um, charities or ground level organizations They've got the info. They need to spend their funds wisely. They've got the information on the ground. They know what people in those communities need. Maybe they need training. Maybe they need taught parenting skills. Maybe they need this. Maybe they need that. They can see them eye to eye and find out what the people in their community need and spend that money wisely. The government, somewhere you know, miles and miles away, the only thing they do is okay. Here's your welfare check. Here's your welfare. It doesn't matter. We don't know if you're an alcoholic, a drug user. If you're addicted to video games, the best we can do is just basically write you a check, cross our fingers and hope for the best. That might not be that what that person actually needs in terms of support to better themselves. And a charity can be discerning and see who actually is willing to put the effort in and who isn't and so forth. So it's really about incentives. And that's how I very much look at things because I've got a passion for economics. But... Um, Oh, there's yeah. also the there's also the moral angle which uh, Tam's big on, which is you don't fucking have the right to steal my money from my paycheck to give it to someone else, which I also agree with. 
actually. Um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good argument, though, because it does, it is like theft. You know, I, I understand that. I, I totally get that argument. Yeah. I mean, it, I think most people eventually will agree, okay, okay, it's theft, but it's for a good cause. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like, if I, so if I go into your pocket and I steal fifty quid out of there, but it's all right, I threw it in the charity tin. You know, I didn't, didn't buy beer. Does that okay then? I mean, what's the difference between somebody who says sticks a knife in your face and says, "Give me money or I'll stab you," or somebody mm-hmm. who says, "Give me money or I'll throw you in a cage beside mur- murderers and rapists." Right. In my view, no difference other than at least that guy who sticks a knife in my face is taking the risk himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. What do you think when people say it's part of the social contract? You know, the tax. Show me one. People, yeah, let, people let's say that, you know. Let, let's, Show me one. I'd see, like to see that. a social <laughs> contract. Let's see the social contract. And seeing my, in a stateless society, if one could ever, if one will ever exist, there might actually be social contracts, you know. Well, explicit social yeah, contracts. Explicit, but they'll explicit. If you want to live in this area, here you go. Yeah. If you want to pay with us mm-hmm. to get your garbage collected by the same company as us, here's the contract. And then you can actually see what you're signing. The social contract, the intellectuals who come up with these wacky theories, harebrained theories like the social contract, they fulfill the same role that the priesthood did under times of monarchy. The priesthood came up with the divine right of kings and they made all of these sort of rationalizations for why the monarch had the right to rule, right? You've got a class of people in the universities who are unironically paid by the state, and they're the core intellectuals. They come up with all these theories, or if you don't have a state, the poor will be dying in the street, or there's a social contract, and so forth and so forth. They're basically core intellectuals, um, and... and, uh, uh, yeah, if there is a social contract, let us see it and sign it so that we know what the responsibilities mm-hmm. are on government and what the responsibilities are on mm-hmm. us, and therefore it's a voluntary exchange. I mean, I have no objection to anybody paying tax if they want if to. If they want to. You know, there's nothing to stop anybody paying even mere tax. Right? I mean, if, if you think that the government does a lot of good with your mm-hmm. 25% tax that you pay, then surely to God the government can even do mere good with 50%. 90%. How about we all just gear money to the government and then when we want a beer or somebody can go and ask the government, can I have a beer? And they can go, no, you had one last week. Uh, you know, can I get a pizza? No, I think you've had a bit much, Lardy. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. you know, so. Who are these uh, Who are these people who, who know better than us? But what I meant, meant to mention was uh, it, it pisses me off about the socialists the outsourcing of virtue it's like no it's the system that's to blame it's the system uh, why don't you not buy from those corporations that you disagree with oh no it's only a drop in the ocean it's the system we need to change the system man or like um oh you say you're an environmentalist why don't you stop eating meat oh no 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 it's not me it's the system it's the system it's like people can always outsource things to the system being the one to blame and the, the, the challenge for an individualist like myself uh, or, or Tom is our political philosophy is not divorced from everyday life. It is a philosophy of your life is your responsibility. Yeah, personal you, responsibility. You don't yeah. have the right to demand something of anyone else. You can ask for it, 
you can pay for it, you can negotiate for it, you can um, you can provide value for value, or if you can't provide value for whatever reason, you provide gratitude, and, and that's an exchange, but you don't have the right to it. So given that, if we can all respect that our life is our responsibility, then together we can form organisations on a voluntary basis. Our interests are aligned. Let's form an organisation together to uh, further those interests. And even though our interests are aligned on this issue, they might not be on that issue, but at least we can create an organisation for this issue and I'll band with the people that agree with me on that issue to do something about that, right? There's no guns involved. There's no coercion involved. And I think that is society because you don't think of society as like you smacking someone in the face, right? That's a break in society uh, or someone threatening someone else outside the pub. That's antisocial. So everything the government does, if a private individual does it, it's considered to be antisocial. But suddenly when the government does it, a magic fairy dust makes it social, right? It's, it's bizarre. It's the bizarre exception to the rule. I think it really comes down to what kind of world do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a world where people negotiate on a one-to-one -one basis or a group basis for, um, you know, on a free and voluntary exchange of goods and services? Free and voluntary. Or do you want to live in a world that's run by coercion and violence? And government is coercion and violence by its nature. It's the only way it manages to, it's, you know, if you won't give it money, it will force you to get that money. It will take it will take you to court. If you don't turn up to court, it will send its policeman to come and lay hands on you. If you resist the policeman, the policeman will use violence up to the point of lethal violence in order to subdue you. And I can understand, I can get my head round why somebody would maybe threaten to throw me into jail because they want to build a hospital. Right? That's kids. You know, it's, it's for the children. You know, it's always for the children. Any multitude of sins can be covered up by it's for the kids. Right? Mm -hmm. So I can I can get my head, I disagree, but I can get my head around why they would want to throw me in jail for not getting the money for a hospital. But for a gay and lesbian arts centre, or any kind of arts centre, or a library, are you really prepared to throw me in jail because I'm not getting you money for a library? You know, at what point yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you cut, do you cut it off? And as soon as you have the government, which is a body that is allowed to take from one group and give to another group, Every fucking group is going to be vying for, oh, we need our prep project. Oh, no, you need... There's no discernment as... There's no philosophical basis as to what is allowed and what isn't allowed. That's why I don't really like Sargon. I mean, he's just not got any coherent philosophy. Oh, I'm kind of an individualist, but when it comes to these things, I'm a kind of collectivist. Well, why don't you either be a fucking collectivist or an individualist? You know, make your, make your mind up. Like... Um, so having an organisation that is allowed to use force to redistribute wealth will inevitably lead to a situation of the war of all against all where people are trying to loot each other. Everyone's trying to get as much as they can and give as little as they can yeah. into the system. And that is antisocial. And in the end, you end up with governments who just... It's just a bribocracy. Exactly. Government to say, vote for us and we'll give you stuff. You know, we'll give you free stuff. We'll get SP are doing it. We'll give you free education. We'll give you free we'll business. Bribe people you know, to vote for uh, them. We'll send out 
people to actually interview immigrants and say, how can we encourage more immigrants to come to Scotland? Because I've nothing against as many immigrants to come to Scotland as, as Nicola Sturgeon can put up in her house. You know, I've got no objections whatsoever. But um, to actually go and say, look, how can we bribe you to come to Scotland? Because we know that if we give you a house, we give you education, we give you healthcare, you'll vote for us. And at whose expense? Yeah, at somebody else's expense, obviously, yeah. So, yeah. So who's, who, who, who is more in favour, uh, in your opinion, who, who would be more in favour of waking up tomorrow in a libertarian society, the rich or the poor, right now? Well, I think, just put it, just, if you just put it to people in the street, I probably yeah. would say the rich would probably yeah, because, respond to that. Um, the, the thing because they, they might proceed. Although, I'm saying that, yeah. it depends who they're there are. There are rich people who are completely dependent on the state. Yeah, absolutely. Their businesses yeah. are completely dependent. Yeah. Maybe that rich person works I, for an arms and armaments manufacturer. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't want a libertarian society. Yeah. yeah. I think possibly the, 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 the emerging or upper middle classes would probably be the, the most likely. A libertarian society is very good for the poor, but in ways that are not apparent to most yeah. people, because you need to have quite a good understanding of economics. The reason why that accommodation is so expensive is because of government. I've written an article on that called The Hope of Affordable Housing, which you can read on, um, just type it into Google, The Hope of Affordable Housing. Another great article, sorry to call that one articles, great, is called The uh, what libertarianism can do for the poor. It's also on the Scottish Libertarian site. And it's specifically, it goes through how, the reason why housing is so expensive is government. The reason why there's so much inflation is government. We could get, we could be importing cheap goods from Africa, not allowed to do it. The government won't let you do it. So that means people at the bottom need to pay more for their shopping. Uh, you could get cheap public transport. No, sorry, you can't because you need the license to start a bus company or to, to get a taxi. There's so many things on so many levels that the government increases the price of. The The cost of delivering education and healthcare would be a fraction of what it is right now without the government. So fundamentally, libertarianism would be very, very beneficial to the poor. But the thing is, people have been taught to think the only way to help the poor is to steal from the rich, to give it to them. Now, I have nothing against um, hampering the rich when it comes to getting rid of government contracts and preferential legislations and corporate welfare and all these special privileges that rich people get through having a corporation. Like, they should get those special privileges. But people never think of our approach, which is, well, why don't we get out of the way? Because, uh, right, everyone's heard of supply and demand. What they don't realize is demand, and, and on a free market, demand invites supply. What I mean by that, if, if anything's expensive, a f on a free society, the first thing entrepreneurs will be trying to do is go, oh, that's expensive. Everyone wants that. Let's find a way to deliver that cheaper because we'll make lots of profit doing that. And that's why computers used to only belong to rich people. Like if you had one in the house, that was awesome. But now some people, every member of the family has a laptop. Why? Because someone found a way to deliver it for cheaper so they can make a profit. Now, that would happen for everything in the society. Where Marx went wrong, Marx only saw people in their capacity as producers. He was like, 
oh, we've got these capitalists and they're exploiting the workers, right? Well, they're workers, they're just working. He didn't realize that workers are also consumers. So the capitalist system um, reduces the price of products. So if you're getting paid $7.50 an hour, but um, that buys twice as much more stuff, your $7.50 an hour is worth what used to be 15 quid an hour. And capitalism is really good at helping the poor by bringing the price of everything yeah. down. I mean, I've heard I, drop. I, 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 I get this accusation, you know, about uh, yeah. libertarianism. You know, and I go, right, look, if libertarians are such corporate shells, right? If it's wow. such a corporate creed, where the f I'm running, a, I'm running a political party on a shoestring. Where the fuck is my check for Halliburton? Right. Where is my check for Starbucks? Where, you know? Why do all these big corporations plough their money into the big established parties like the Labour Party and into the Tory Party? You would think they would go, well, there's libertarians. They're off for the rich. Let's plough money into that right away. But Why they don't. No you one know, has heard of a libertarian. I'm, I'm a guy who works a normal, you could call it a, almost a minimum wage job. I get about 16 grand a year. Uh, about half of my monthly wage is my rent. So I, I don't own my own property. I don't own a car. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to inherit any money unless my dad's got some money tucked away somewhere that I don't know about. You know, uh, when he dies, we, me, my brother, uh, the two brothers and sister might divide the house, so there might be a wee bit of one fall there. But I'm hardly a fucking captain of industry. Right. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it really bugs me, especially when people on the left talk at me as if I, as if I don't know what being poor is, yeah. you know? After they live in a shoestring, I still do it. I'll get to the end of the month and I'm in there. So, sorry, forgive me, Auntie, the juja. No, you know, the kind of... the copers and that to try and get myself some messages. Much, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I admit he's, it. Yeah, I would have even more money if I didn't go on the sauce. But at least I'm honest about but, that. Like, that's fine. Like, that's your choice. You can fucking do that. So you said... Uh, you, you, that you said there, forgive me when you said the Jew jar, because somebody asked earlier, are, they, are these two Jews? Are, are any of these Jews? I'm from a Jewish background, although... Oh, I they go actually, there. I, I, do you know, I thought it was going to be no. I just thought, no, yeah, I'm not going to be Jew. Although I'm a religious heretic, a heathenist blasphemer. So all, the, so, all the comments from now on are going to have parenthesis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not into it, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't fucking... Mm. I don't really get the identitarianism stuff too, but I mean, I've got a couple of friends that have enlightened me but on you... the identitarian views, but personally, I think the ideas that someone holds in their brain are so much more important than their fucking identity. Like, uh, like I would like to be around people who have ideas that are congruent with my ideas because that will create a sort of harmony. Um, I don't really care what their uh, race, religion, or creed is. Was, uh, to pick up on Tam's point from the other point, uh, from the other side, is there's this assumption that because you're poor, you should therefore be socialist, which Tam's um, uh, infuriated about. And there's this um, like other uh, view that, well, I guess there. I d sorry, I, d I don't know where I'm You've going. Lost too many no more cures for you. No more cures for me. Yeah. Uh, too much. But yeah, basically, it doesn't just because you become from a more privileged background uh, financially or something like that doesn't mean that you necessarily get um, all of the advantages. Yeah. Some some people can come from a more affluent background, yeah. but their parents are out all the time. They're just left to raise by the TV or 
or anything could happen. There's all sorts of factors. Yeah. Or you or you grow up in this like private school world that's completely detached from reality, and then when you get to out into the real world, you realize you're fucking incompetent bum because your parents did everything for you and you never learned to do anything yourself. Whereas your poor friend from down the street had to work all day and he's out fucking making uh, 50, uh, 150 quid a day as a joiner or something like yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? So it's um, loads of misgivings about... Um, I, mean, I'll tell, I mean, I'll tell you a weird thing. My ex-girlfriend, would offer, whenever we were arguing, she's... I wouldn't say a rabid feminist, but she's she's been fed the feminist bullshit all her life, so she's swallowed it whole. And like whenever we were arguing about gender issues, her entire argument, okay, well she didn't have an argument, but her argument in her mind, in her mind, it was her argument was, I wish you were a woman, and then you'd know, right? <laughs> if you were a woman, you'd be a feminist. And I go like, how do you make that conclusion? I'm from a working class background. I'm not a socialist. In fact, I hate socialism. And I'm from a Roman Catholic background, but I rejected Roman Catholicism when I was in my 20s. You know, there's all sorts of things you go, well, you should be this. Well, I'm not. And then they, they just turn around and go, well, that's because you've got to be different then. you just done the opposite. And you go, well, do you want to credit me? We're actually having some free thought here, you know? Yeah. And there are actually some women out there, plenty of them, who are not feminists as well, you know? So the idea of just because I had a vagina, I'd be a feminist. Is, uh, yeah, it's just women mental. have no fucking idea of the disadvantages faced by men, particularly in the romantic arena. It's like they've got the, this idea that, because from their perspective, oh, you just meet someone, if you meet the right person, it clicks, right? And guys like look at them like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I would never have been able to get this girl or that girl if I hadn't made all these fucking stupid mistakes with women and learned from the mistakes. And, you know, it's like, no, 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 it just... It just it just happens like magic. Yeah, it happens like magic for you because you're the person watching the magic show. Oh, he just <laughs> took the card out of his sleeve. Every guy who's ever got a woman, apart from the 10% who are just naturally attractive, fucking knows that he had to play his cards right at certain moments and say the right thing at the right time mm -hmm. in order to spark their interest. But from there on, their, their point of view is, oh, it's just chemistry. You know, I'm glad that you're enjoying it so much. Like, yeah, um, but you know, I, I, I love women. Uh, sorry, I'm good. I know everyone's going to call me a white knight. Even if you're a cuckold, you know, but um, I love, uh, I've had very wonderful women in my life, but you can also. Does, it, well, does, does, your, does your wife's boyfriend, does he love women? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. We do, we do this thing in our podcast. No, we haven't done it for a while, but usually regularly we have our cuckold doodle dude of the week. You know, and we've had, you know, obviously Justin, uh, Justin Trudeau was our cuckold dude, dude of that. the year last year. But next week we're thinking, and well, I'll spoil it anyway, we're, we're, we're talking about making Donald Trump our cuckold doodle dude because he, he, decided, to, he decided to bomb Syria because his wife was having a greet about Burns. Uh, so was was it not his daughter? His daughter? Daddy, if you loved me, you'd bomb those bastards. You know, I bet you Putin. I bet you Putin would bomb them for his daughter. You know, <laughs> right? Okay, man. <laughs> biggest mistake he made. Biggest mistake he made was letting her in the White House. I've said that yeah. since day one. She should never been allowed just in that White House. Never mind the White House. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just, it's just a, dis a disaster. And I mean, you can understand him listening to his daughter, but not as yeah. the president. As yeah. a father, but not as the president, you know. 
Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'll ask this question. I know that I know the answer is going to be yes anyway, right? But I'll throw it out there, right? Um, in a libertarian society, do we still have a national football team and a rugby team and all that? We still have all that, right? I'm guessing so. I mean, if you want one, just want to get any government money. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of uh, government money that goes to sports. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you have got any amount of football teams or whatever you want. Yeah, as long as you pay for it. Yeah. Uh, people, circle... people would have to fund it then. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It sounds like like what 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 you're calling for is um, almost like a society we have right now, only for the people to have like a vote on everything on everything. That that's well, I don't it's, know. It's, 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 it's the best. It's actually the best form of direct democracy because you vote with the pounds in your pocket. Yeah, there's a difference between voting and spending money that is very critical, right? When you vote, you vote for a party or even for a policy if it's a referendum. When you spend money, every pound you spend is at the expense of spending it on something else. So you have to order the things that you want in terms of how badly you want them. And, you know, we're not perfectly rational, but we should for spending our money more on the stuff we value more. Uh, sometimes we make stupid purchases. But broadly speaking, and that means everything's at an opportunity cost. So everyone is voting in a way, but they're voting against every other thing that they can. And how much money do they have? They've got as much money as they provide value to other people, at least in the free market. I am a counsellor. If I see more clients, I'm serving more people. I have more money in my pocket. I can buy other stuff that other people have created. If I, um, I like to take August off with the Edinburgh Fringe because I write about theatre. So I'm less hard, hard, I'm hard up in August, but I accept a lower standard of living so that I can pursue my hobby in um, journalism. So it's, it's, it's really great, the free market, and people think of it as evil, cutthroat, uh, greed, every man for himself, but it's a very social way of interacting where people um, pay one another. It's everyone serving everyone else to the proportion of what they are doing is useful to others. And I wanted to just um, circle back to what you were saying about your ex being like, oh, if you were a woman, you'd understand. I'm wondering if there's a certain conditions need to be met for people to care more about the truth than their opinions. Because see, when growing up, like if I got access to better information, I didn't always like changing my opinion, but I would be compelled to be like, oh shit, like I found a contradiction in my thinking. I need to know more about that. Go on more on YouTube, I'd research it. And if I had to, I'd change my position. Like I changed my position on borders, I changed my position. I used to be a lefty, now I'm a libertarian. Like I changed so many positions. Why is it that most people, when they hear information they don't like that contradicts their opinion, they freeze up, they find a rationalization for their own opinion, and they stick to it. And um, I'm just wondering, I think one of the prerequisites, but I don't know if this is true, so we can maybe put it out to the public for a poll, is when you're growing up, not having a close-knit peer group, uh, being a bit of a loner, or not by choice, but by having to, because I think people who grow up with a close-knit peer group um, learn not to want to alienate their friends by holding on to popular opinions but if you don't have a close-knit peer group who gives a fuck like uh, i'm just 
on your own. Well, I, I guess I was always a, a bit of a loner. I mean, I could be yeah, socially yeah, wanted, but yeah, well, I was, yeah. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just doing as you know, I'm a counsellor, so normalisation. That's the psychological term. Well, that's what happened to me. Therefore, that's what happens to everyone. Like, if you're free thinkers out there, do you think there are like I think another reason why I'm very rational, at least I think I am, is because I had a highly irrational parent. So I think I needed to develop uh, rationality to a fault in order to counterbalance that irrationality. So I'd be interested in people's ideas out there in internet land. Do you think certain conditions are necessary to create a free thinker? Because it certainly doesn't seem to be the default. The default seems to be people will choose their tribe over the truth. That's a difficult one, though. That's a difficult one because there's just people out there who are who are so stubborn, you know. They, they, I mean, they, and they come from all different groups, whether they're feminists or Black Lives Matter or whatever else, and they're just so stubborn that you can you can throw endless amounts of facts at them. You know, I mean, I had this the other day where I think it was occupied. Uh, some Democrat page on Facebook, you know, okay. and they put, out this, they put out this video of Donald Trump and they said, look at this man mocking a disabled man. You know, you probably heard that all before. Uh, yeah. Look at this, he's, he's mocking a disabled How could anybody vote for him? And, and I went on there and I said, look, he, he's not mocking him because he's disabled. He's yeah. mocking him because he's a lying piece of shit. And I yeah. said, disabled people are not above mockery. But of yeah. course they came back and they said, no, he's mocking him because he's disabled. So then you link them to a video showing them mocking people over the years in the exact same way, people who yeah. are not disabled. And you say, look, that's how he mocks people, including yeah. himself. He's yeah. mocked himself like that. So he's not doing it because he's disabled, but they don't yeah. want to hear it. They just, they're, no. they're so rigid. They, they stick to that. Even though you've shown them evidence, cast yeah. iron evidence that no, they're wrong, they don't want to hear it. And it's the same with the wage gap with feminists. They yes, don't want that to hear it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you make a free thinker. As as we as we know, I've 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 got a young boy, and I do, I do everything to make him. I, I don't tell him what to think. I try to tell him how to think. You know, like so you must, you must. Like my my dad taught me that um, you must question everything. Yeah. I mean, and and you must keep questioning everything. Yeah. You know, and you're yeah. not always going to like the answer. But you mm. must question everything. Like, like I've been doing with you guys tonight. Yeah, I just sure. question. Yeah. I just yeah. question. You know everything, and it's just it's it's so important. Uh, yeah. But but how how do you do that with people you don't know? You just you just can't wake them yeah. up, man. You can't do it. I think we were talking about this earlier today. We were actually talking about Mary Black. Right. <laughs> uh, you know the S and P. Okay. Now Mary Black is convinced in her head that people don't like her because she's got a vagina. Okay, and she's a guy. And Sorry, right, that, that, that's why idea. people don't like it. It couldn't be just because they don't like what she's saying and because she might be an arsehole. That's that's don't I handle that, right? I don't want to know that I might be a dick, so it's easier to hide behind my genitalia and say, yes. You don't like me because I'm a woman. It's, and, it's and easier to process good. that, it feels better than saying, People just don't like me because then you would need to deal with that. Yes, it's the same, it's the same. The same thing, same thing to do with uh, dismissing people. Because yeah. if she, if she, see if she can say, the only reason people think that is because I'm a woman or because yeah. I'm gay. She doesn't need to come up with an argument. And it's the same way when people yeah. say, oh, you're a Russian bot. They don't need to come up with an argument. They can just say, you're a troll, you're a Russian. And, and it's just, it's an, it's an easy way out. It's an easy escape for her. And, and that just shows you the female privilege, by the way, because 
Men don't have that. Men can't say, the only reason they disagree with me is because I'm a man. Men right. can't say that. But you know who she reminds me of? Do, do you know why I don't like her? Because she reminds me of Thomas Sheridan. The way she talks, I, fu I fucking yeah. does my head. And the way she I, speaks, man. Yeah, I think she's studied at the she Tommy is, Sheridan School and, of Rhetoric. And I feel yeah. like, I, I even feel like having her views was um, normal and acceptable in, say, the late 90s or Bush era because we didn't have such good um, information, access to information, albeit on YouTube and things like that. But her views like belong like relegated to history, and I know that they're quite common in Scotland. But I'm so detached from that because I don't talk to people who have those views very often anymore. I'm almost shocked and surprised. Like, did you just walk out of the eighties, or are you like protesting Thatcher mm -hmm. or something like that? Because since then we have seen such evidence in favour of views like ours, like the mass. Um, uh, destruction of sorry, pulling people out of poverty in India, Indonesia, Bangladesh, China because they moved more towards uh, market economies and things like that. Like she's like an old school lefty, and she's eight year eight or so years younger than me. But I think what and then the, on the identity politics point, right? They think if someone starts taking the piss out of them for being a woman or being gay, they're being somehow differently treated but the mm -hmm. truth is it's actually often a good sign that you're being equally treated because normal interactions between men involve hazing right if you're ginger you're the ginger one if you're mm -hmm. fat you're the fatty if you're specky yep. you're specky you know we like men we will fucking i i've my hairline receded unto eternity okay you know, whatever it is, I'm sure, you know, whatever it is, we'll find something to take the piss out of you and see if you stand your ground or not. So when a woman gets made fun of for being a woman or for being a dyke, it's like, welcome to the club. We're going to... We're going to test your resistance and see if you get pissed off. And if you get pissed off, we'll do it more. But if you have a witty comeback, then... We'll ah, we get, you'll get respect. You. And the, pro yeah. the problem is, though... So is that she's not using it when she's being attacked because she's a woman. Right. She's using it when she's being attacked for everything. Right. And I think I think that that's the that's the problem. But I also think it's a it's a sneaky way to protect her from future criticism from the media. Because though yeah. how many how many journalists right have thought, oh I don't I don't I don't agree with what she said. Oh but I better not say that because yeah. people will call me a misogynist oh, and you know a homophobe, you know? These words are losing all meaning now. Like gradually, gradually, um, being called these things means not. Like I got lambasted by a bunch of feminists. I don't know how long when I was at uni, right? On Facebook, but this is before the whole social justice warrior phenomenon had took had taken off, right? It was fucking scary the way they piled on, and um, I felt very insecure about posting anything controversial on my Facebook for like two years after that. Fast forward four years, people start getting called social justice warriors. If what happened to me back then happened now, 
I'd be like, lol, SJW. But back then, it was fucking scary. You didn't know if they were going to spread rumors about you around uni and everyone would think you were a sexist or think something bad about you that wasn't true. You know, I was lucky to have a couple of, again, back to my cuckold ways, like a couple of great um, female friends who sent me messages at the time saying, look, Anthony, you're like the least sexist guy I know. Don't pay any attention to these arseholes and, and, and things like that, yeah. you know, which made me feel a lot more yeah. secure. But I mean, we're, I think we've reached peak outrage. There was a time when outrage was enough, but now people just go, ha, lol, USJW, blah, 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 and they just dismiss it out of hand. Well, I think they're good at always coming up with new words. You know, if it's, you know, they go for it, homophobe, Islamophobe. Then bigot was the word of the day for a while. You know, oh, you're a bigot. No, there's, there's probably some other, yeah, Nazi, whatever. And, I don't give a flying monkeys who thinks I'm a racist, a misogynist, a homophobe. I don't want to be any of the things. No. <laughs> That's important. I don't actually want to be any of the things, but I don't give a monkeys who thinks I am. You know? Because, I'm going to say anyway, yeah, that it doesn't yeah, matter. Absolutely. I'm going to say yeah. even, if, even if you're not, even if you're the nicest guy in the world, they're yeah. going to yeah. call you racist anyway because you're yeah. white. They're going to call you yeah. sexist because you're male. That's just... Yeah. That's just it is. And the more you actually backpedal and try to appease yeah. them, mm -hmm. the more it's like a feeding frenzy with sharks. The more they will yeah. tear into you. If oh, you I see definitely. any ground at all, if you're like, oh, well, I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that. They're like, well, you should know next time. Like, blah, blah, blah. I hope you, I just hope you know. You cannot give a fucking inch to these people. Like, they they smell blood in the water like a shark. You can't have any yeah. weakness at all. And the like, only people acting like fascists and Nazis is them. More or less, like that's the irony. They're, they're the people who act <laughs> like fascists and Nazis. You know, and we've okay. got yeah. As you'll as you'll know, uh, Dan Keeler's getting sentenced on Monday. Uh, yes. No, it, it was a, it's a farce that he was even arrested in the first mm -hmm. place. Now he's been found guilty by a political kangaroo court. Um, Scottish Libertarian Party are going to be there on Monday oh, yeah, uh, to, 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 if anybody's in Scotland wants to go down and protest. Uh, at his, well, we don't know what. It's just it's just a, a complete farce that he's even in court in the first place. Uh, but the guy could get three years stuck up his arse for what amounts mm -hmm. to a, an online joke. I and, think it's uh, five. I think I think it's five is the right, maximum. Okay. I think it's right. five. That's, okay, that alone is £200,000 £200, of public money. Forget do you think he will? Do you think he'll, he'll actually get any time? I don't I'm think really he will. Hope, I'm really hoping they just give him community service. Time already served, for the amount of time yeah. he's taken him. No. You would think so, but I, I'm not hopeful. I, well, I hope that he doesn't get bugged for it. Maybe However, I don't think so. Uh, I think that they've went to this length so far. I mean, two years, a, a trial that lasted longer than Nuremberg. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're going to make an example of him. Um, right. I hope to not. Yeah. To teach, every, to teach everyone yeah. else to be on their toes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they'll give him that sentence. I think they might give him a year, which means he'll be out in six months, but it's still so what? You know, it's. It shouldn't be, no. It shouldn't be. No, it's. It's it's not just farcical, it's criminal. You know, gas the Jews, gas the fucking judiciary. Yeah, if, if, if that's the stage we're at in Scotland. And 
you'll experience this yourself. I've experienced it. When you talk to people about this, the, the, the amount of people who have no idea about this, and you That's go, amazing. guys, amazing. And, and, and they'll argue blue in the face. They'll go, that didn't happen in Scotland. You go, I it did. I bet he didn't it. really get arrested. I he did. See when, didn't really get charged. See, <laughs> so when, see, when I, yeah. see when I got arrested, right? The, the police yeah. were standing right in here, and I said to him, this is fucking Count Dankula all over again. He said, what's that? He didn't even... I said, you've never had a Count... You're a police officer in Glasgow, and you've never had a Count Dankula? You serious? I didn't know you get your he, 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 he didn't know. I, for a tweet. I got arrested for a tweet. Jeez, uh, for a hate crime. Perfect. I get char charged with a hate crime. This was in... Um, it was in October last year. Okay. The tweet was written. The tweet was written in August. Right. Uh, I just recently got suspended on Twitter, but it, it stood up on Twitter. This tweet for until okay. I got suspended. So even Twitter thought it was okay. I got arrested. I got. I spent the weekend in, in jail, and then I, I went to court seriously. on the Monday. Seriously, and and I, I went to uh, court on the Monday, and then uh, after a few hours in there, the procurator for school just threw it out and says, "No, we've not got time for this today." And that was me, and I've not heard, I've not heard anything since. So, and this is, this is for a tweet. What it was was um, in July or July or August. No, it was August. Um, there was a Pride march in Glasgow, right? Yeah. So I, I, I and it was hashtag Pride Glasgow, right? So I put, or, or rather, I should say, to cover myself, somebody put using my Twitter account. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, somebody put um, hashtag Pride Glasgow. Where's a Muslim with a truck when you need one, right? And that was it, right? And that's an obvious joke, right? You know, you know right away that's an obvious yeah, joke. That, that is the tweet. That's the tweet I was arrested for. And I think the mm. reason it was thrown out and and all that was because I just said no comment to every question they asked me. So yeah. they, they they didn't have evidence they that I wrote nothing. that tweet. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't have they they have evidence that it was my Twitter account and you know, mm -hmm. but they don't have evidence that I wrote the tweet. I physically wrote that tweet, so they really don't have a case. You know, whereas we count Dankula, he's on the video, so they have right. you know they've got him like banky rights for making a joke, but they didn't have me, so they they put me in jail for the weekend. Friday night I got arrested. I got out eventually on the Monday, oh, all for a, all for a tweet. Don't have anything to, like, I think it was a pretty off-colour joke, but I'm not willing to... Oh, definitely. Guess. But no, I've told like, worse. I've told worse. Yeah. Far worse so, jokes than that. I, I'm actually well-known for saying the most un-PC th thing just because it's un-PC, so I don't know where I got off criticising people and making unpalatable jokes. Yeah, I mean, fuck, it's too ridiculous for words, you know, and it, it would be a laugh if it wasn't so damn serious. No, and, when you, serious. And, then, and then when you when you couple that with the fact that you know Theresa May is then trying to make it a, a, a special crime in of itself to harass uh, a politician. Well they're not defining what harass you know you're not defining what harassment is. No. If I go up to him and just go, hey, you know, <laughs> what, what what's that all about? You know, what's that policy about your idiot, you know, your effing clown. You won't even be face to face with them. This could be on Twitter. You could yeah. say something on Twitter, and that will count as harassment. You know. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that annoys me about it is right is that uh, I, I don't want it to happen. But how come Frankie Boyle's not been arrested, and how come Billy Connolly's not been arrested? Do you know what I mean? It's because they're famous. It's one rule for the famous, and another rule for all the plebs. You know, and that's yeah. that's what bugs me about it. Yeah. That's it's true. Well, I mean, you could go all the way back if you want to make it historical hate speech. You know, you could go all the way. What <laughs> I, 
what really bugged was we got David Bedil and the, uh, I think um, Ricky Gervais of Gervais, say, right. Yeah, they, they both come out in favour of the Dan Killer. Graham Linehan. Of Father, I was like, is this the Aye. same Graham Linehan? Graham Linehan comes out and says, oh, he deserves to get arrested. That's terrible. Are you the same Graham Linehan that done, are you right there, Father Ted? Which was a really funny episode. Aye. You know, when, when, you know, when Father Ted's giving it all that, oh, I am it's really strange. Yeah, why, why not arrest him for offending Chinese people? It's strange with him because I, I like the IT show. I love Father yeah. Ted. And yet he, he's just a complete arse. I mean, really... Really, a complete asshole. I can't. No. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's. You know, I don't know how it's possible to say, "Oh, that's a bit of an off-color joke." When he wrote Father Ted, it does. I mean, it's, it's just Father Ted is so so offensive. If you, I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to call things offensive, that is so offensive. Well, it's, it's like the Roman Catholics for a start. On television now. Mm -hmm. It would be on television now. Um, well, possibly right. But yeah, a lot I wouldn't mean, be. A lot, a lot wouldn't be. Yeah. I've seen so much television from the 90s that's archived on YouTube and you just like chat regular chat shows and things like that and you go that would not get on TV now like they just would not do it and it's not a long time mm -hmm. 20 years no it shouldn't be getting worse it should be getting better you would think it would be you know I remember thinking that when I was like 16 17 years old right I thought things might be getting better and I remember that it was that year that the police started clamping down on underage drinking in bars, which was obviously very upsetting to me because I was 16, 17 year, years old. And I, I've been drinking in what be it, the rock bars in Glasgow with his teaser. It's like all of a sudden, I got ID'd more when I was 18 than when I was 16 or 17. It's like, I thought it was just like a kind of blind eye kind of thing. I don't know. I think it, I think it will get worse before it gets better. You know, people need to, it needs to start affecting regular people before they get pissed off about it. Basically, fundamentally, if it's not affecting you, the yeah. vast majority of people just don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. Like Tam said earlier, the amount of people, regular Joes, who don't even know about the Count Dankula case. And yeah, it's happening yeah. right under their nose and they don't even know about it. And it's like, are you, yeah. are you for real? How do you not know about this? Yeah. This is like... Well, that. They don't know about it, but they'll argue blue in the face that it's not happening. That's just the <laughs> Daily Mail. You know, you go, I wish the Daily Mail would write something decent about it, but they don't. Well, you know, you, you, even they stuck the boot in. You know, the <laughs> Daily Mail. You know, so it's like... Did, did they? I mean, yeah. like, that's interesting because I think that we just take for granted that because we get our news from YouTube, everyone does, but actually we live in a bubble where everyone talk, we talk to is quite well informed, whereas the vast majority of people don't get their news off YouTube, they're just really reading Daily Mail, Extra, The Record and so forth, it's, if it's not being covered in there much. Yeah, but I mean luckily, I mean, he's, he's, I mean if there's one ray of sunshine, he does go to jail, and when he comes out, I think he'll be made. He'll be a made guy. Do you know what I mean? But that's that, that's not worth going to freaking jail over. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's no, he'll, he'll get book deals. He'll get book deals and shit. If he goes, if he actually does any time, he'll he'll get book deals and stuff. But like you were saying there about getting your news off YouTube uh, and and Twitter and stuff, I think that's one of the things that could help people have an open mind. Is having what more than one media outlet. You know, yeah. don't don't just watch the BBC. You know, don't just read yeah. the times or whatever. Go read them all. Go, go through them yeah. all, and yeah. you, you come your own. Make your own fucking mind up. 
Well, here's a question I'd like to ask you, because I asked Dan Keeler this as well when he came to the Libertarian Students, or Students for Liberty thing. I mean, you, you, you did a lot of YouTube, obviously you did a lot of YouTube. Um, where does it go, right? If, if YouTube pulls the plug, what, what do you know about where Where would be a platform? Is there anybody out there who's actually working or developing on a new platform that everybody could go to and go to YouTube? Get it up, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is it bit shit? BitChute is one. Um, I, I opened an account with BitChute just to have my name, you know, just so that I could get the name. Right? So, But I've not actually put any videos on it um, okay. because I think the way it's going here, I mean, I'm, I'm quite good on YouTube uh, in the sense that I don't have any problems with them. You know, they, uh, they, yeah. they demonetize every video, you know, okay. until I ask for a review. Um, but so far, I don't have any uh, problems. But there's, there's BitChute which seems to be, you can comment on it, you know, people are uploading their videos on it. That's quite good. Um, there's Gab, which is a Twitter rival. Um, mm-hmm. But then my, my, my problem with these companies, right, and I've said this before, um, I actually made a video about this, is that um, my problem is I go on to Gab and I go on to BitChute, right? But in a yeah. few years, in a few years, when they get taken over by feminists, we're just going to have the same fucking problem again. Right. We're going to have yeah. the exact same problem as we had, if we have right now. Uh, but the, the worry, the, the worry for me, the worry for me is um, PayPal and Patreon. They're right. starting to ban. They're starting to ban people now. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, if, if Patreon said, "Right, sorry, your views are controversial." You know, I'm going to have to think. Fucking, it, I'm going to have to because people are nice enough to get you know to donate yeah. to my channel. And I'm yeah. going to then have to find another outlet. And then if PayPal say, whoa, don't like that video you made about Black Lives Matter, you're banned. Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to compete with PayPal, for fuck's sake? You know, so there's, yeah. it's, 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 right now it's not that bad that it's just Twitter and YouTube. Once it right. gets to PayPal, Patreon, you know, that's, that's people's income. That's people's money. You know, you're yeah. messing with people's money there, and that's a, that's a problem. But if I, if I was kicked off YouTube, I'd probably make another account. And then if it kept happening, I'd probably then go to bit shoot. But yeah. um, right now, I'm Warren's sticking. Warren has been kicked off of YouTube a couple Are of times. Really? I think so. Yeah, I think they shut his briefly. Who? They shut him down. Who, Stefan Molina. Oh, did Stephane they shut him? Yeah, they shut him down at one point. Yeah. Hell, man. But he's got <laughs> he's got a lot of support though, and and I think yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's an, an unfair thing because if you take a channel that's got a thousand subscribers and they lose their channel. You know, they're not going to get a lot of support on, you know, they're not going to get their own hashtag, you know. I don't know if I'm big enough to get my own hashtag if my channel got deleted and that would make YouTube listen and go and I'll restore the channel, you know, because mm-hmm. it happened to Sargon as well. Sargon's channel went down and then he had a hashtag and then the next thing you know, a day or two later, his channel was back up, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't like that, though, because that's, that's unfair on the, the ones with not many subscribers. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't doesn't really seem fair that the big names have got like that kind of backing, but then that's what makes them a big name, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really difficult to reach new people these days. I mean, if you share a YouTube video on Facebook, Facebook algorithms fucking hate YouTube. They don't want to send you off site. Like, um, I don't really know how to do it. I mean, it's like. Either you're in, either you're big enough to be in suggested videos if you're not or you're not and if you're not it's not really so much that content is king anymore because there's just so much that there's so much content. Hangouts are good though. Yeah. You know you do do do, do hangouts yeah, 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 now and again yeah, yeah. with with different people and 
you know. But then, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what the secret is because if I knew what the secret is, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd have like a million subscribers right now. But yeah. well, you're doing all right, though. I mean, you, you, I'm you doing all right. I'm, I'm doing all right. I've got twenty, twenty odd thousand, which is really good for me. Um, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that twenty odd thousand, half of them probably aren't even on YouTube anymore. Um, yeah. And they might have just subscribed because of one video, and you know, they've not yeah. been back. But um, how many are how many are here in the UK compared to the United States or in other other parts of the world? I don't know exactly the numbers. I I, I seen once. I think it was like twenty twenty uh, percent of my viewers were from the UK. Uh, right. Vast vast majority were from America. Uh, a lot right. from Australia, uh, yeah. and the rest scattered you know throughout Europe yeah. and Canada. I get a lot of views from Canada as well for some reason. Where where do you get the most accent shit lords? Do they come from England or America or in Canada or where? Where do, you, where do they? When, when, when we <laughs> used to do that, when when we used to do that, uh, no, when, when, we, I don't know. When you get somebody, just goes, oh, I, I can't understand the word you're saying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I, 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 yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, it seems to be more like um, Americans or Canadians, you know, right. like like for example, like Russians and Germans, they don't have a problem understanding me. Maybe it's because they've got an accent as well, and they've already adjusted, you know. Possibly. But the American, a lot of Americans are like, "Oh, I can't understand this guy," and I, and I don't, I don't mind that, by the way. Yeah. But what I hate is when that's used to dismiss what I say. That a, a few yeah. people, a few people have done that, you know. Yeah. I've, I've made a video and they come on and they go, uh, uh, "Rubbish! I can't even understand what you're saying." I say, "Well, that doesn't mean I'm fucking wrong, does it? You know, that doesn't yeah. mean what I'm saying is wrong because you can't understand it." <laughs> And, I, and there's nothing I can do about it either. Yeah. I mean, right now, you, you know, us three right now, we're speaking clearly. Yeah. We're not speaking the way we would usually speak, you yeah. know, with the cameras. Or what, yeah. I always speak clearly, and still some people are like, I don't know. And then yeah. and then you get some people are like, I understand you perfectly fine. I don't know, yeah. you know, so. Everybody tells me that that Albert Einstein was brilliant, but I couldn't understand a fucking word they said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, he must have been a knob. <laughs> But then the subtitles, the subtitles are going to mess up as well because yeah. it's an automatic, it's an automatic yeah. system, which yeah. which might benefit my channel actually because <laughs> um, because because I, 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 a lot of people are saying now that the YouTube are checking the the subtitles to see if you're saying certain things, and that's why right. they're you know banning some channels. But maybe white because they can't it's understand me. So. White, white, white power. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What, what's that about YouTube? White powder. White, white, white powder. Uh, what, what, what's uh, about the, the subtitles? YouTube reading subtitles. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's a, it's a fucking, it's, it's a minefield, man. It's a fucking minefield. But uh, there's no, yeah. there's no secret. I, I do think though that there, there, there are certain things that you can do. Uh, like if you want to be more successful on YouTube, maybe, maybe you can try this. Uh, be a really attractive woman. If you can do that, I, I think you know. Well, we've seen your attempt at being a, a very attractive <laughs> woman. It's fucking disturbing. Who done uh, that? Isn't it? that was not. It, it was. It was uh, a photo of me, and I and I put it through that app. You know that app that changes yeah. you to a female. It's called him. Face like, up, who, face up, or something like that. He was, he was pretty much ready to, to crack one out. He's like, ooh, who's that? Is that the person we're going on a show with today? It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Anthony so, said two bottles of
no, no, I'm just recounting events from earlier on today. So you put it through an app. I thought actually somebody had done that. I thought you. No, it was it was it was just a call. You put it through an app, and then it makes you look like a woman, and it makes you look like a child, or or if you're a woman, it makes you look like a man. It's really good. It's brilliant app. Okay. Uh, I was going to say sack the Avon lady. But somebody's already commented. A few people have already said I'm ugly because you know they actually think I'm a woman. Uh, But somebody did comment the other day saying, "Oh, cute pick." And I was like, "Whoa, Jesus! That's it's strange when you know when you know that that's not actually you, and it's just a, a, an app that's doing it." Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm not a bad looking woman. I would if I was drunk, you know, oh, oh. that not that bad, you know. But um, but no, no, I wouldn't be first. I wouldn't be first choice. I don't think. <laughs> no. no, but that would t- that would help with YouTube though. That's one of Sorry? the things that that's one of the things that definitely helps with YouTube. If you're an attractive yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you you are, you will be more likely to be successful, uh, and yeah. and I mean, it's a shame for yeah, people like getting shoe on head. Remotely attractive, yeah. Aye, I mean, take yeah. take shoe on head. She happens to be all right looking, right? But yeah. she's quite funny as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm subscribed to her because she's quite funny. I'm subscribed right. to Lauren Southern because I like Lauren Southern. But they just happen to be pretty, and that does help. It does. Yeah. It absolutely absolutely does help. Yeah. That, that female uh, privilege again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's what I said. So, so even Kevin Strong puts makeup on occasionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've had her on your show, actually, haven't you? I've, I've had oh. a few hangouts with Can. I've um, had a few hangouts with Can on different, uh, like the accent shitlords, and I've had her uh, on here just talking to her. And, and uh, I, I was on a Honey Badgers once, but I don't think she was there at the time. Um, all right, is that but the, I, have, uh, I have Typhoon Blue or whatever? Well, I love Typhoon Blue. Well, I used to. I, uh, Alison, Alison Timon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, Alison uh, Timon many years. But Karen's Karen's cool. I've done I've done a few hangouts with Karen, mainly on the accent shitlords, though. She's uh, everybody likes Karen, though. You know, she's she's, right, she's yeah. a good egg. Um, so see, so it's it's nearly coming up to eleven. Yeah. So I'm going to throw another I'll throw another question at you if you don't mind. No, it's, it's a way back. It's a way back to libertarianism again. Yeah, Sorry a, to bring it up. As a, as a, why are you guys still here? <laughs> no, no, that's okay, the last question. No, no, okay. no. It's, it's a, a simple question, right? I think. Uh, do you agree that the biggest problem you face as libertarians, right, are people like me who I think are a majority? Uh, right. Maybe you can you can correct me on that. Okay. Who happen to like the system the way it is? Oh, interesting. I. I you go second. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying yeah. I like this. That's very interesting. Okay. I my gut response is no because most people I know do not like the system the way it is. Okay. See if most people I met like the system the way it is, I'd actually be more encouraged than I am now. Most people I meet are dissidents of the system, but they've misdiagnosed the illness. For me, that's the big problem. See if a lot of more people were like you or more conservative. Uh, I, I use that term loosely uh, to mean basically someone who thinks, let's just change it a little bit. Yeah, we can tweak it a little bit, but let's keep, keep it more or less the same. I feel like I'd be okay with that. It's the fact that people think the system is radically wrong. And when you look at the outcomes in some places, it is radically wrong, but they're 
prescription is more of the shit that I think caused these problems in the first place. I think too much government caused these problems. So what's the prescription? More government. Um, do you want to yeah. take a different answer? I think, well, I don't know if it's different. I think that if you ask most people, if you'd have asked me before I was a libertarian, what, you know, what you know? What what, what do you think? Should we change the system? I would have, I would have gave the dirty Harry answer, which is I hate the fucking system. But until somebody comes up with something that's better, I'll stick with it. You know. Aye. And I think like that's right. I think most people would go, I can't stand the system. I know everything that's wrong with it. But until somebody comes up with a workable, viable alternative, then mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with it. And I think that's what everybody else is. I was like that. I was politically uh, agnostic for years. I was politically active in my youth. For years, I was just like, look, no matter what you do, you end up with a fucking government, you know? And uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even vote anymore until I got into the libertarian thing. And I went, okay, I like that. And it, but it is the last chance saloon, you know? It better work this time. Uh, I... I definitely think that a libertarian society would be a vast improvement, even if we just, even if we just got it. You know, anything that can just get government back behind the ramparts and confine it and 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 get, take less power away from it. I mean, if, even if you can do that, if you can just gradually dent, 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 and hopefully get government back to back in its box. That would be a great thing. Even if we never got rid of government, even if we never had a completely libertarian government. I mean, I don't care. I mean, we've got a, a political party. We, we, we do stand people. I've stood, I stood against Ruth Davidson in, in, in Edinburgh. Um, only got, I got 135 votes, but then she only got 4,000 odd. She only won by about 300 votes. But you didn't oh, expect to win, though, did you? You, did, no, you didn't run to win? No, no. In fact, probably the last thing I want to do is win. You know, but... Um, I just want to be there and get the parties and, and say, look, there is, there, is there is an alternative. And I think my model for this, bizarrely, is the Greens. There's a part, I mean, I, I don't like the Greens, but what they successfully done is they managed, without having any real power, they had soft power, they managed to get the mainstream parties to adopt their policies. Right. Once they saw their votes siphoning away, to the Greens. They're going, okay, why are people voting for the Greens? Okay, we like them. Even David Cameron got in in the act, you know, mm -hmm. batting about in a dog sled up in the North Pole or whatever. And you go like, okay, they're starting to adopt the Green policies because they can see their votes. If I can somehow get votes away for the Conservatives, to people can, so, so that the Conservatives would go like, okay, we're losing votes to the Libertarians. What can we do to get Conservatives back? Because the Conservatives party in Scotland at least. I don't know about England, but in Scotland, I don't know what they're there for. Because they, to me they just seem to be singing for the exact same hymn sheet as the as the Labour Party and everybody else. Okay, they may have a wee bit of difference in economic policy, you know, but when Ruth Davidson can complain about being called, you know, and I'm quoting, get called a dyke on, on Facebook. And you know, Nicola Sturgeon's up in arms about it, and you know, Ruth Davidson's oh, well done, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hound this guy that said that. And you go, what are the Conservatives in Scotland actually for? You know, what ultimately, are ultimately you've got a choice between big government lefties and big government righties. Yeah. Uh, whether you choose UKIP or Tories, they're both big government parties, 
whether you choose Labour, SNP, Greens, or any of the weird radical leftists, they're all big government parties. Yeah. So there, there requires to be um, a small government party, and we just so happen to be a mix. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, the Conservatives in Scotland are ashamed they capitalism. It's a dirty yeah, word than the Conservative there's party. No one, yeah. There's no one defending capitalism in mainstream politics. They've just given the narrative. And at this period of history, it's easier than ever to, to defend capitalism. You just say, look at India in the 1980s compared to India now. Look at China in the 1980s compared to China now. Look at Hong Kong 50 years ago compared to Hong Kong now, Singapore. Look at Venezuela versus Chile. Look at Estonia versus, I don't know, fuck knows, right? It's very, very clear which system is providing the best for not just people at the top, but people at the bottom. But I'd ask you a yeah. question. Given that you identify as someone who more or less, yeah, the system's not perfect, but it's, it's, it's not that bad either. Give it, I think it's creeping in a certain direction. I think that's why it's easy to be like, it's always a little bit more government, a little bit more government, a little Ratcheting. bit more government. Okay, you're okay with the system. If What are you dissatisfied with? What would you change? I would I would, I would um, have, for, for Scotland or for Britain, I would have a constitution, just like okay. America, that absolutely guarantees us rights. Okay, like free speech, and it would be very similar to Americans. It'd be very yeah. similar. It would have a first, and it would have a second. But very similar. Uh, guarantees us rights, um, right. and I, I want us as a country. Um, this is why I'm against the EU, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I want us as a country to no, decide. No, because you're a racist. <laughs> ah, that's right. Sorry. But I, I want us as a country to decide what immigrants we take in, how many we take in, if okay. any at all. I don't. I don't want another country. I don't want m m m some guy on my street deciding who moves into my house. Do you know what I mean? I want yeah. us as a country to decide that. Uh, and I want a constitution. I really want a constitution, uh, just well, like America. Well, it looks like the SNP are going to give you a constitution. But from what I've read and what I see that they're going to put in the constitution, I don't think it's going to be up to much. I mean, no. they're, going to, you know, they're, they're putting stuff in there like, you know, you've got a right to food, you know. You, you know, you've got a right to medical treatment. You know, all these things that say that you, you, you've got a right to basically force somebody else to work for you. Or you've well, got I know right that yeah. if, the S, if the SNP uh, put free speech in the Constitution, we know it would say no hate speech, and that just right. that just messes the whole thing up. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, the, the European Constitution, uh, European uh, human rights say you're entitled to free speech provided it's not being uh, ruled all illegal. Of the, all of <laughs> Providing most people have been brought up to regard privileges as rights. You know, you, you have a right to, to life, you have a right to free speech, you have a right to things that cost nobody else anything. You know, my right I, to free speech doesn't cost anybody else a penny. My right mm -hmm. to life doesn't cost anybody else a penny, other than my parents, but it's their responsibility because they brought me into the right. world. Right? So, 
But there's other people who want to make, oh, you know, as I say, education is a right, really? Are you going to put a gun in a teacher's head and say, teach my kid? You know, I don't want to teach a kid. He's a wee bastard. He's lazy. Hmm. He's cheeky. I don't want it. No, but it's a right. You know, you've got a God-given right to education. Well, I'm sorry, you don't have a right to education because that is something that somebody else has to provide for you. Yes. You know? So, and and therein lies the issue. But I absolutely agree with you. If we had a Bill of Rights and a Constitution, a written one, I mean, we have a Constitution, but fuck knows what it is because it's bits of five papers and (laughs) what else, you know, but written in the back of beer mats. And it's it's just messy. You know, we were talking about that earlier in a podcast we did with with an American guy. The the British Constitution, even the Scottish Constitution, it's just messy and it needs to be codified. The beauty. The, the, the American Constitution for me, it's a beautiful document. It's probably the, the, the most beautiful document that's been produced. And there's a lot of the, uh, the Declaration of Broth in there. There's a lot of Magna Carta in there. The beauty of it is it's so simple and so concise. Mm-hmm. You look at the European uh, uh, Constitution, it's volumes and volumes and volumes, and it needs teams of fucking New York lawyers yeah. to work out what is and what isn't. And and that isn't that is insane. It needs to be you know? I think the more the more laws there are, the more corrupt the nation is. But you know the thing that was really individual about the U.S. Constitution as a political document in history is the fact that it's the first ever political document that is individualist in nature. It says. You have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Your happiness, your liberty, your life. All of history before that, what's this thing called the individual? We can't have separation of church and state because if people say blasphemy, then people will go to hell. Oh, no, you can't do that, right? The idea that the individual was a unit in society has never been codified in a political document before the U.S. Constitution, it's, it's, it wasn't a thing, you know, a, an individual right. You you have duties. You have duties to your feudal lord. You have duties to your monarch. You have uh, the right to the church. Church to be drafted into the military if if desired, yeah. and so forth. And um, no, this is a document that comes along. You can only pursue your own happiness. How can you pursue someone else's happiness? How confident oh, a, are you? How confident are you that we'll get that though? That we'll get a bill of not, rights? I'm not confident, yeah. and not these days. Not these, yeah. because, as I say, the hate speech thing would get put in there. You know, yeah. they put hate speech in so that so that the the fact that it was a free speech wouldn't count. Because then you yeah. go free speech, brilliant, but no hate speech. Oh well, that means everything I say is going to be hate speech then. Yeah. Uh, but another another thing as well, I, I should have thrown in. There's a lot of okay. things I would change, but one sure. of the things I would change as well is I would take. The government completely out of marriage, you know. I don't think that. I don't think that works, you know. I, I don't even know why they're there. What What are they doing yeah. there, you know? Well, it's a contract I, between two people, so it's they should have absolutely nothing to do with the government. Exactly. But, exactly. but look, let me ask you: Are you prepared? Right. Not saying that you agree with it, but are you prepared to see sibling marriage? Are you see, prepared to see that? What, what, what do you mean? Well, um, if it, I mean, if the government's completely out of marriage, there'd be no law saying that you couldn't marry your brother, your sister, your mother, your oh, dad. Oh, right. Well, that, that is, I suppose that's a bit weird then, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think you should be allowed to marry blood, you know? 
Um, so that wouldn't take the government completely out of no, marriage then? It wouldn't, no. But then I, I think that's more morally thing. You know what I mean? You'd, th- you'd think people would be decent enough to not want to marry their own mothers and stuff. There's a big, then, there, was, there was a big movement and the, the, uh, there was actually a petition put before the Scottish Parliament about two years ago to for sibling marriage. And what the, the, the Scot- this, this, this what is true. Us, this, this, the Scottish Parliament rejected it outright. It's interesting what they said, though. They said there's no public appetite for this. Mm-hmm. Then you go, this is morally repugnant, or this is but then dem- democratically. If there was a uh, if mo- most people voted in favor of it, but then again, that's the government getting involved, so it's, it's a tricky one. But I just I just think the government should be out of it, you know, certainly not, not in it as much as they are now, so, you know, maybe, maybe just in it enough to prevent sibling marriage, <laughs> maybe, but other than that, they why, shouldn't. Why, why shouldn't, why shouldn't siblings, go? I mean, I, I think it's icky, I think it's horrible, I can't even think of it but, Is however, <laughs> lots of, lots of people used to feel that way about gay marriage, right? Lots of, some people in my, my parents' generation still feel that way about gay marriage. Mm-hmm. So, what is it about sibling marriage that you think is, I, I mean, I take it you're not a religious person, so I mean, like, no, what, what, no. Well, there you it's go. the blood. It's the it's the blood. It's it's that's that's as simple as that. It's uh, it's the blood. You, you shouldn't what? you shouldn't be marrying. What if they're in well, ma- ma- marrying blood. Maybe I could come to terms with so long as there was no sex involved. It's the oh, sex okay, thing. Right. But hang on a second. You if know? two brothers got married, how is there a problem? That's fucking gross. You're not going to produce. You're not going to produce. It's still it's still blood. So it's a bit. Um, it's a bit. No, it's a bit icky. That's what you're saying. It is. It is. Aye. It is. It's hard. It's hard to come. To, it's hard to come to terms with. I mean, it's like see, you know that you know the argument with um, sex dolls, right? Yeah. Now, I'm totally in. Fa- I'm totally in favour of them. But then oh, somebody man. comes. Then, then somebody says, "But what if they want to make a, a a dog, a sex toy dog?" Then, then you're like, "Well, wait a minute. They should be allowed to do it." But yeah. It's because no, nobody's been hurt. But at the same time, it's a bit icky. It's a bit. Whoa, that's a bit weird. You know. Uh, so I, it's a bit like that. Um, I don't, don't really. I'd rather it didn't happen, but I'd, ha- I'd have to be consistent and say, well, if that's what, if those grown adults want to do that, you know, yeah. if that's what they want to do as grown adults, then go for it, man. But I'm, I, I don't want to know about it. I don't want the details. You know, I don't want you to tell me about it. You know, so, you're just symbolophobic, is what you're. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll leave it there. Oh, yeah. Ellen, thanks, thanks for thanks for taking the time, and to uh, Anthony as well, who no, is it's out been the great, man. I've been actually, I've been dying to get on your show for a long time. I'm a, a huge fan, actually. I, I love wow. I've missed the animations that you used to do. I, you know. I know people people keep asking for them, but I, I was thinking more likely to bring rather than gen, gender studies, make it like a leftist studies type of class. You know, what okay. I mean, or Marxist studies, something like that. Yeah. But I, 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 I look I, forward I to, to that. I'll also change the title to. Um, Discussing libertarianism is that okay with you? Because that's what yeah. we talked about mostly, right? Sure, yeah. okay, fair enough. Oh, well, people. Are we still? Are we still broadcasting? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to put it off right now. I'm just going to put okay. it off right now. So. Because I, I want to say bye, obviously. Okay, okay right. Yeah. Say bye bye then. Right. Thanks. Bye, thanks, everyone. guys. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone in the chat. Right. Bye bye. Oh man. Yeah. I have a great thing. That was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, he left off as well. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought he'd said goodbye. Well, he kind of did while you were at the toilet. He said goodbye to Anthony as well. Yeah. But, uh,
We didn't know how long you were going to be, and you were just getting triggered. But well, thankfully, there's no more beer because <laughs> your combination of tiredness and drunkenness. But you, you you held out quite well. I thought it was still very articulate when I made a point, even after getting a bit when I had points to make myself feel quite well. Yeah. And it was just a fucking great time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just send him a little message to say thanks on Twitter now. 